Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springstead FFC Podcast. We're here to coach you in the Word. We hope you're doing well. We appreciate all those of you that are downloading our material and studying along with us. We welcome you to comment, contact, uh, or ask questions at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com. FFCMA.org or through Family Fellowship Chapel's Facebook messaging. Uh, So um, we want to welcome those of you that are listening by podcast and those of you that are joining us by um, Lift Him Higher Radio. We pray that you're blessed today. We're looking into Romans chapter 8 and we're talking about part 2 of Minding the Spirit. We know you'll enjoy it. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. Open our eyes that we can see our ears, that we can hear in our heart, that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us. And then allow us to apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. We sanctify ourselves, yield ourselves, and surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit. God, we ask Jesus to speak, the Holy Spirit to reveal, us to receive, and then for us to release the words that come from the throne room of God. We thank you, we honor you, we give you glory in Jesus Christ, our high priest, Lord, in God's magnificent name. Amen and amen. Let's look at Romans 8, 3 through 5. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit mind the things of the Spirit. Now, the reason that we struggle with the sin nature is, well, frankly, because we've not been taught, nor do we understand the relationship that Christ has concerning our inner man. The reason we build doctrinal walls that insulate man in his sin is because we do not understand that Christ is living and dwelling and abiding in us and that our mind can be renewed with the mind of Christ. Now how can sin and Christ who died for sin occupy the same dwelling? Jesus said it could not be done according to Matthew 6, 24. He said, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Paul turned around in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 21 and said, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Jesus and Paul are speaking the same language. He further, Jesus speaking in Mark 3.27 said, No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man. And then he will spoil his goods. Now we always relate and refer that to Jesus Christ's work as he entered into the region of the damned and there uh, defeated death and hell. 
came out of the grave. But I want to tell you something, my friend. You and I do the same thing when we get saved. We have to bind the strong man that is in us, turn our lives over to Jesus Christ in the direction of the Holy Spirit. We have to take our inner man and take control of our inner man and spoil the house of the enemy. We have to do that as well. So it is impossible for the strong man, who is Satan, to remain with possessions of his good in the place where the Spirit of God has come to erect and bring life into the individual. In this case, it was Jesus Christ. In you and my case, it's you and me. The goods are in the control of the inner man. If I encounter a man or if Satan, my inner man, the, the, the negative, the darkness in my inner man encounters a man who has strength and power and that power is strong enough to bind the man who once had control and then seize and plunder his goods, well, that's what Jesus did. And frankly, that's what He's doing inside of us today. Now, can the one who was once in control be given a guest room in the same house of which He once controlled? According to modern theology and doctrine, that's exactly what He can do. But according to Jesus Christ, our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead, He cannot. So why does it seem that he's doing exactly what Jesus said he could not do? Well, the answer to that, because we've not been exposed to the possession of our inner man by the stronger one. Now watch this. If the stronger one defeats the devil, and we come in under the umbrella and covering of the stronger one, then we also possess our inner man. Remember this scripture, my friend, 1 John 4, 4. You have got little children and have overcome them because greater is he, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have overcome the enemy, my friend. Our inner man is alive. It has been cleansed, purged, and refined by the Jesus Christ that lives in us. Now, who is the them from which there is a greater one living in? Well, my friend, that would be you. That would be you. All the power of Satan that attempts to re-enter that house from which he is expelled, if it is taken care of and left in the hands of the strong man, then the enemy can attack. But the Word of God said that with every attack, he's made a means of escape. But now we look at Luke chapter 11, verse 21 through 26. And we see a man who obviously had an exposure to Jesus Christ, but that man did not maintain the relationship. Let's look at it. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, that tells me that you and I have to be able to remain aware, diligent, and armed to maintain the strength, the peace of our own palace. Now, 
But when a stronger man than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusteth and divideth his spoils. Now, this reference here can be referenced in one of two ways. Of course, it can be seen as Satan coming in as overthrowing you, or it can be seen as Jesus coming in and upon the man and through the Spirit of God delivering him. He that is not with me is against me, Jesus said, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. Well, when we go back to the last statement in verse 22, but when a stronger one comes upon him. Well, the stronger one, whenever your inner man is not correctly developed and trained, is the enemy that is attacking you, the enemy that is bringing the outward influences to destroy the inner development and the inner training to break down the mind of Christ through your soulish realm. And that man comes in and overtakes him. But conversely to that, Jesus said in 23, there is also the man that is stronger than the strong man that comes in. Now watch what he said. If you are one that is gathering with me, then you have the stronger than the strong man to reconcile your inner man. But if you are not gathering with him, then you are being scattered. The man upon whom the stronger man has not prevailed upon his inner man is against the strong man. He, therefore, is broadcasting his sin. When the unclean spirit of the man that once had a relationship but did not garnish and take care of it is gone out of him, that unclean spirit walketh through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I will return into my house whence I came. Now notice this. The unclean spirit was expressed out of the one who found the strong man. Now, that is the one who is gathering with Jesus. The one who is not gathering with Jesus maintains the influence of darkness, maintains the influence of the spiritual imbalance that darkness and the enemy holds over your inner man. But if you are gathering with him, be aware. The enemy is still lurking and seeking whom he may devour. This devouring may be to the resurfacing in your life of the one to whom was once cast out. His idea is to go back where he was accepted and comfortable. Now remember what Jesus said in verse 22. When a strong man is armed and keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. If you are keeping yourself aware, diligent, if you are staying in meditation and prayer and in the Word of God, if you are training the inner man through the means that we have developed by Him, the Holy Spirit being in you to save you and forgive you of your sins, the Holy Spirit being upon you to develop the seven spirits of God in you, to develop the seven spirits of God that will manifest in your personality, and then the Holy Spirit that sits upon you to bring about the nine gifts of the Spirit that will bring you into ministry. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about diligently keeping 
diligently being aware, diligently cleaning and taking care of. We refer to it by three words, cleansed, purged, and refined. Now, the enemy is constantly looking for you to fall to the common things, for you to not pay attention to the common things. But Jesus said, if you will keep yourself armed, and if you keep your palace cleaned, then it will remain in peace. When a strong man armed, the knowledge of the strength of the strong man is what we need to be armed with, my friend. The knowledge of the strength of the one who delivered us from the enemy to begin with. How do we do that? Now, this is critical. How do we know this strong man? How do we do it? Do we say we believe in him? You need to listen to my upcoming Sunday morning message, which is going to be on salvation and what is believing. What does believing mean? How do we know this strong man? Well, do we take him into our intellect and allow our intellect to determine who he is? Or do we take him into our inner man, like Paul said we should, and allow Christ to be in us as the hope of glory? If we're willing, excuse me, to allow him to be in us, then we can be armed not only armed, but dangerous to the devil in the spiritual world. What happens when we understand that particular fact? Well, our palace, our inner man, our tabernacle is kept in peace. How does that happen? It happens because we live and look to the strong man for all of our directions and instructions. We renew our mind with the mind of Christ. In other words, we turn on the God side of our brain. And we turn off the intellectual side of our brain. What happens? We can live in good cheer and peace and prosperity. These are the outcomes of the understanding of the development of the inner man. So is that all there is to it? Well, unfortunately, no. The devil is many things, my friend, but he is not a quitter. Verse 25 said, And when he cometh, he findeth it swept, swept and garnished. He sees what's been done. So what's he going to do? He's going to intensify his attacks upon that palace. Then goeth he, verse 26, And taketh him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in. Now if the palace has not been prepared appropriately, and specifically, with Jesus Christ in the inner man, the Holy Spirit placing him there because he was the agent of salvation, the agent of saving, with the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ teaching us the seven spirits of God, wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, the fear of the Lord, and judgment. If we have not produced those things from our inner man, inner man, then our intellect is going to be so overwhelmed by the attack of the devil that the next thing you know, our physical self will lose its peace. We will be thrown to and fro by the enemy. 
We will be brought under the condemnation that the enemy would love to have us come under. And whenever he comes and you allow that uh, attack to cause your intellect to falter, then he will come and dwell. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Now you have a complete state of confusion. But the Word of God says that Jesus Christ is neither, is not the author of any man's confusion. Well, how could that be? We see it every day. The reason people are confused, my friend, is because they're trying to serve God out of their intellect. They're trying to serve God out of their natural mind. As long as you serve God out of your natural mind, there's going to be encounters with the devil. There's going to be sin. There's going to be nat the natural side of you constantly rearing up its head. You will never have what Colossians 3 says, the peace of God and the Holy Spirit to serve and rule as your umpire to give you from what is in your inner man the instructions and directions about where your means of escape are. Well, those spirits come along and they enter and dwell. Now, how could this be? How could this be? Because that man was kept in peace by a stronger man. Well, the man who was delivered and made free by the force of the strong man didn't keep the palace. He didn't maintain the benefit of a watchman. He didn't keep his arms prepared. He didn't keep his goods in a place of safety. Therefore, he had no peace. Now the question is why? Well, the answer is rather easy and clear. The man that is able to gather with Jesus Christ and live as a part of the strong man's fold and live under the shadow of the strong man's wing, well, he takes care of his inner man. The man who does not gather with him and to whom the seven wicked spirits come back in and dwell and his state is worse than the first, well, that man did not take care of his inner man. The first man placed an emphasis on the making sure that the freedom of which he was provided with what was uh, manifest in him through Christ Jesus was maintained at all costs. It was that important to him. The second man who does not gather with him to whom the seven wicked spirits come back and his last state is worse than the first, he does not. The first one identified with the presence of the strong man. The second man did not. But he did identify with a presence. That presence, however, was the presence of the devils who were working against him. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And they are contrary one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, and Paul goes in to tell us all about that. He tells us that those works of the flesh are 
adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you also in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now watch. 1 John 2, 15 and 16 says these words. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. What's that telling you? Well, it's telling you once you got your inner man cleaned up, don't go back where you came from. Don't start doing what you used to do. Don't walk back into the worst, the, to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye and the pride of life. The 17 works of the flesh go away from them. Don't apply yourself any longer to living life on the edge of disaster where the enemy can come in. Let me tell you, friend, you can do that, but bear assured. If you live on the edge of disaster by not taking care of your inner man and by not taking care of the renewed mind and attempting to live in the intellect, there will be severe consequences and repercussions. There will be severe consequences and repercussions that you are going to live under and live with after you let your, your guard down. Paul, uh, John said, love not the world. Don't love the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So can we dabble in the things of the world? Can we live, walk, talk, act like, be like, think like, dress like, go, uh, partake in the things of the world? Can we do that? Now, many people are going to say, well, you know, Jesus... Well, he sat with the prostitutes. He had them over to dinner. Jesus was a friend of sinners. He was not a sinner. Jesus was a man who tried to love sinners. He did not sin. He was not a partaker of their activities. He was a deliverer of them from their activities. Now, that's quite different than the message the world is getting today about sin. The world is being told, our doctrines are telling us we can live like we want to as long as we said we believed in Jesus Christ. Again, you need to listen to my message on Sunday morning because I'll dive more deeply into that and I will show you what actual believing is and what Bible believing means. But we want people to accept the fact that if Jesus Christ is eternal, and you've said you believe in Him, uh, you're eternal. Then, But we also have to bear in mind that the Word of God said that if we have tasted and seen and sinned, then we crucify Him afresh. So there's, there's somewhere in there that our doctrine does not line up. Paul, John said, if you love the world, don't love the world. If you do then the love of the Father is not in you. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. Now this hits on so many fronts. Now I won't take the time to go into all of them. But if you have said you're saved, and you're still entertaining the old ways and means, you're still uh, living out of wedlock, 
you are still partaking in the uh, fruit of the vine. You're still doing drugs. You're still going to the bar. You're still being entertained by the things of this world, and they bring you and draw you in, and all of a sudden, you absolutely have no difference between you and them. Then, my friend, you've loved the world so much that the Father's not in you. For all that is in the world, all of it, all of it, Someone said, now, Pastor Mike, who are you to say what's in the world? I'm not. I'm no different than you, but I read the Word of God. And the Word of God tells me about a man named Jesus who forgave us of our sins. A man named Jesus who died for the things that the world would uh, uh, afford us that would take us to hell in the long run. I've read the book and I've seen the personality of Jesus Christ and the character of the Father. I've seen what He does. Listen to what He said He would do. He said He was going to send a Holy Spirit that was going to reprove you. Reprove the world of sin. Reprove the world of righteousness. Reprove the world of judgment. He is not in for us to dabble in the evil of this world because when we do, our intellect takes on more issues, more problems. Where in the world do you think that things like anxiety, oppression, depression, discouragement, downheartedness, where do you think all those things come from? Where does loneliness come from? How can someone who says they're a Christian live a life of oppression, depression? Because they have not gotten their inner man such that the glorious Jesus Christ is living in them. Why? Because they're not taught, told to. They're not taught to. They're not shown the means to have their inner man be the driving, dominating factor. Their inner man. Do you know that when man was made, his inner man was made first? Yes. His body was made second, and he was breathed into to be a living soul. The, the, the way that the Spirit of God would work would be from the spirit to the soul to the body. Now, so we have to be born again in the spirit. We have to renew our inner man. We have to renew our mind. And our mind and spirit, spirit to mind to body, causes our body to begin to manifest differently. Now we know that Paul told us how the body would manifest in Galatians chapter 5 when he told us about the fruit of the Spirit. But listen again to John. Love not the world. Love it. Don't love it. Don't love the world. Don't do the things the world does. If it looks good and the world is doing it, you can better know there's probably something you ought not be involved with. If it looks like it's something that is very popular... Well, it's probably something you ought not be involved with because it will probably come out in some form of lust or pride. These things are not of the Father, my friend, but they are of the world. Now, Romans 8, 3 says, For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His Son, His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Now, watch this now. Condemned sin showed his greatest disapproval on sin. 
And he did that upon the sin of the flesh. Paul identifies the flaw of the confusion that stimulated his teaching from, first, uh, from the first seven chapters of Romans. The law was weak because of the influence of the flesh. The flesh, when left to operate with no internal filter, will drive the body to do things that are destructive to itself. Now think about that. Think about the impact of drugs, alcohol, uh, uh, ingesting things that are smoking. The impact of sex, free sex, open sex, with multiple partners upon the body. Well, these things cannot be good. They're all things that are harmful and hindering the flesh. But they bring about a lust, a satisfaction, an immediate gratification in the flesh. But Paul says that God sending His own Son in likeness of sinful flesh and foresinned disapproved of the works of the flesh. The flesh was left to operate with no internal filter, that will drive the body to do things that are destructive to itself. The law had a mechanism to cover, but not to eradicate the sin that was operating under the measures of the flesh. God sending His Son, Jesus came in the likeness of the flesh that He would defeat. His actions condemned or judged sin that was done from the flesh. Now how did He do that? He by force made the spirit man that was in mankind to have the opportunity to come alive with himself. Once alive in the spirit, the spirit man would have the inner ability to take control of the flesh side. The judgment would be that the coordination of the spirit of God and the spirit of man in agreement would direct the soul and the two of them would direct the body to interact with the world from the God perspective. My friend, that is what minding the Spirit is all about. We can live today from the inner man. We can live today from the eternal side of Jesus Christ, from the personal side of Jesus Christ, from the creative side of Jesus Christ that brought life, light, and illumination into our hearts, into our spirit man. But we have to know that that's what we're supposed to be doing. Why would that be, Pastor Mike? Because this whole thing is about a spiritual journey. We want to turn it into a natural journey, but it is a spiritual journey of which this book and this man, Jesus Christ, has brought us into. Well, Father, I pray that you'll open the eyes, the ears, the hearts. Sanctify us so that we can be brought into the image of Jesus Christ. Bless us now, I pray, in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, Lord and God. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you until we meet again. We'll look forward to hearing from you through the means that I mentioned at the first of the broadcast. May God bless you. Find him as Lord. Find him as man in the Godhead. And he will speak truth into your life. God bless you.